0: Welcome to Try, Try Again with Catherine Velez, a podcast dedicated to relationships, the one with yourself and others. I was privileged this week to speak to a group of extraordinary people regarding trauma and finding support and peace. It might be beneficial for some of you as well for simply a brief overview of trauma and how it affects your body and brain. Let's start with a quick couple of exercises I often use in groups to help zero in on what we'll be talking about which is trauma and regulation. The first exercise I want you to do is to get comfortable. And we're going to use some scaling, and you know how much I like scaling. So between 1 and 10, how are you feeling in this moment? 1 is the worst you've ever felt, and 10 is the best. A fix, a number. Now let's start by just taking in a deep breath, being aware of body, breathe, Where do you feel tension in your body? Send breath to that area and try to relax or release that tension. Breathe in the clean, fresh, pure air and breathe out any leftover negativity from your day. Just try to clear your mind and body and take one more breath in and out then I want you to scale how you feel again between 1 and 10. Is that number different from just 60 seconds ago? It may not be substantially different, especially if you're in a quiet, peaceful place to begin with. But even if you notice a slight variance, it's important to recognize regulation is in part about sending oxygen to your nervous system, your body and brain, and being aware of how we're feeling in the moment, moment by moment. The second exercise I'd like you to do, and don't do it if you're driving, but sit, close your eyes, and place yourself in a time when you felt, not traumatized, but a little nervous. Maybe you had to give a speech or you're talking before a group. Maybe you had to confront someone about an issue. Maybe you're afraid of needles and you had to go get a shot maybe you're having to get on an airplane or travel, whatever it is that makes you a little nervous. And I want you to imagine that feeling and sit with it for a few seconds. Just really try to put yourself in that kind of nervous state. And again, I'm not asking about trauma or anything that would really trigger anxiety, but simply practicing with a little nervousness and contemplate that. Really feel it. And put a number at the end on how you're feeling physically in that imagined nervous state. How did your body feel? What was happening? And then I want you to switch to thinking about something completely calming and relaxing. Again, for just a few seconds. Think to a time when everything seemed pretty good. Maybe you were snuggled in bed and you didn't have to get up and it was raining outside. Maybe you splurged on a food that you like or maybe it's a time when you had a whole afternoon to sit and read. Whatever it is, stay in that place for a few seconds and then scale how you feel. These exercises are about recognizing how your body responds when you feel relaxed and calm versus nervous. And sometimes it's difficult for us to to be aware of these different states. Grief and loss and trauma are different states, but at least in my experience, they almost always coexist. When we have trauma, we almost always have some grief and loss connected to that trauma. And also there are many types of trauma. There's acute, chronic, complex or complicated and secondary trauma. There are large traumas that we call big T's and small traumas that we call little T's. In our work together, we can talk about that. And if you're not sure, certainly you can look that up or talk to me about it. There's a lot of information out there and that is not the purpose of what we're exploring today. But but I do want to acknowledge that these differences in traumas exist. And there are a variety of treatments and interventions and specialists to help. So let's look at a little biology and what actually happens in the body and brain when we become fearful or nervous. It can happen during panic attacks. It can happen when we feel threatened. It happens with trauma. This understanding helps explain physical regulation and dysregulation as well as what we're trying to achieve when we talk about self-regulating. The nervous system is the central nervous system, which is the brain and the spinal cord, and the peripheral nervous system, which are the nerves outside the brain and spinal cord, basically everything else. The peripheral system in our bodies is divided into the somatic and the autonomic systems. For today's discussion, we are interested in the autonomic nervous system, which is basically three parts, the entric, the parasympathetic, and the sympathetic. The enteric system, just interestingly, is your intestines and gallbladder and that whole area that uh, has become started becoming referred to as the second brain or, uh, you know, if you've read anything or heard anything about the the gut-brain connection, that's that's the area we're talking about. But for today, I just want to focus on the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems. So if you're relaxed right now, You're in your parasympathetic nervous system. You're feeling maybe the chair beneath you or the bed beneath you. You have a perception of light, seeing things, hearing things. Senses are engaged. You're using language and memory to make sense of what I'm saying, maybe thinking other things as you're listening to me speak. You're breathing. Your heart is beating. Your system is engaged in digestion. The parasympathetic nervous system is the and digest as they call it. Your heart is beating regularly. You're aware of your surroundings. And if I asked you where you parked your car, you might be able to go back to it in your mind and remember. If I gave you a problem to solve, you, you probably could, could solve a, a problem. You are for the most part in the neocortex of your brain that houses rational thinking and decision making and judgment and executive functioning. You're also to some degree in the limbic system of your brain. The the limbic system of the brain supports a variety of functions, including emotion, behavior, motivation, long-term memory. So let's say someone walks into where you are right now and they're very threatening. The amygdala in the limbic system of your brain would sound off like an alarm system. It sends an all-points bulletin to all the systems in your brain and body. Your brain and body flip to the sympathetic nervous system. And your system is putting on the gas at this point the parasympathetic system is the brakes and the sympathetic is the gas it's the fight or flight your brain becomes awashed in cortisol and adrenaline the vascular system constricts and blood flow is altered your muscles tense up you might have a dry mouth you might have sweaty palms your breathing might be much more shallow Your thoughts are not necessarily rational, but they're based on survival. In the moment, your heart's beating faster. If I gave you a math problem to solve, you wouldn't be able to concentrate and and do it because you're under threat. And as soon as that threatening person leaves and you know you're safe in a healthy system, the sympathetic system will calm and the parasympathetic will kick back in, put the brakes on, comes back online. The cortisol and adrenaline in your brain will reduce And all the other feel-good chemicals will kick back in. The initial reactions to trauma can be confusion, sadness, agitation, anger, numbness, disassociation, restlessness, blunted affect, among others. But remember, everyone has their own reaction and none of it's wrong. If you feel sad, angry, unable to concentrate, disconnected, scared after a trauma or a loss, that's okay. Okay. If you feel okay, that's okay too. Your lack of reaction is not an indicator of your feelings about the event. This is an important point. Trauma is not in the event. Trauma is in your individual and particular nervous system. Not everyone experiencing trauma will have a traumatic reaction or post-traumatic stress disorder. We can all be on the same bus, which crashes and catches fire, and we may all fear for our lives and run out of the bus, but not all of us will have a trauma reaction. Not all of us will suffer with PTSD. Some of us might. The statistics I read recently indicated about eight or nine people, Americans out of a hundred, will suffer with PTSD at some point in their life. Overwhelmingly, most will not. Going through the same event does not mean that everyone will have the same reaction. A lot of it has to do with genetic predisposition, how we were raised in terms of handling stress, our adverse childhood experiences, our history of loss and grief and trauma, our personalities and how we tend to handle things, our resilience, our faith and our belief systems, our training, and the quality of our social-emotional connections. Sometimes we're tempted to ignore our feelings and try to keep a stiff upper lip. We tell ourselves, or someone told us, that only weak people give in to trauma or fear. Sometimes there is a big fear that if we let go and lose control of our emotions, that somehow we won't be able to get them back under control, and that somehow, if we open the floodgates, we'll never be able to close them again. That is a myth, it is a lie. Only in accepting our emotions, feeling the feelings, can we be in a healthy relationship where we can help regulate our partners, children, friends, and family. If we are so afraid of our own emotions, it's difficult to have a healthy reciprocal relationship and difficult to help our children regulate. The reality is that only by experiencing our feelings, our humanity, can we live our best life. Consider all the energy being used in trying to suppress emotions. Use that energy for other way more important things like being present in your life. When we're being true to ourselves and how we feel and how we think, we can enjoy our, the activities and relationships that fill us with joy. Someone is looking at you as a role model. You're an example in this world. Be an example for truth in how to live your life and live feeling all of your life. The second big piece of this is best said by Richard Rohr, a wonderful author and spiritual writer who said, if we do not transform trauma in ourselves, we transmit it. When we suppress our feelings and don't actively heal our traumas, it can lead to generational trauma. It amazes me how many people come into my office and talk about experiencing the same thing that their parents experienced and their grandparents. Be a transformer of trauma and not a transmitter. I am going to guess that you did not have a choice in your trauma. For most of us, the trauma we've experienced came without choice and without our consent. How we make sense of it and how we cope with it is within our choosing. We choose what meaning to assign it, how to heal from it, and how to handle it. You will often hear me encourage you to check in with your doctor and implementing self Regulation skills is no exception. If the physiological mechanisms of self-regulation are not working right, you're going to have trouble managing your emotions and impulses. Things like vitamin deficiencies, thyroid problems, hormone imbalances, depression, PTSD, or any number of medical issues could impede your use of successfully using coping skills to self-regulate. We don't want to set you up for failure in learning to regulate yourself. Now, I know many of you out there are juggling so much these days. It is overwhelming, too much. You're trying to keep all the balls in the air with grace and a smile. Years ago, I saw a speaker who talked about juggling, and she said the first lesson a juggler has to learn is to forgive themselves for dropping balls, because when you juggle, dropping balls is a given. And when you consider which balls to let drop, Please don't automatically drop the ones pertaining to you. The weekend with friends or that new outfit or some quiet time reading by yourself. Don't drop the things that feed your soul. Drop the house cleaning or returning texts immediately or any of the other things that are really not priorities. This is all part of making space in the world for things that calm relax, and regulate your nervous system. For more information on regulation, look to some of the other podcasts or talk to me when next we meet. Have a week filled with meaning and love.